Hey everybody, welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover and I'm fiercely passionate about focusing on the quest of taking a good day and doing great things. If you've ever been in a relationship where your partner or friend has manipulated you psychologically to the point that you question your own sanity, this episode will strike a chord. If not, consider yourself lucky. What I'm referring to, of course, is known as gaslighting, which is a colloquialism loosely defined as making someone question their reality. The term gaslighting and the expression stems from the title of a 1944 film, Gaslight, and was popularized in the mid-2010s as a way to explain actions of an abuser when attempting to sow self-doubt and confusion in their victim's mind through psychological manipulation. The abusers, also known as gaslighters, gaslight their victims in order to maintain control in the relationship. Gaslighting can happen to anyone, but it is particularly prevalent in romantic relationships. Now, we're going to cover romantic relationships, and we're also going to look at gaslighting parents, gaslighting bosses, and even gaslighting in friendships. So more on that later. The effects of gaslighting can make even make it even harder for the victim to leave an abusive relationship because they may not know that it's happening. And if you've ever been the victim of gaslighting, you know that the psychological manipulation can be and is quite emotionally damaging. If you haven't been the victim of gaslighting, here are some signs to look for. So let's first take a look at romantic relationships. The gaslighter might say things like, that never happened, or you're making things up, or you're crazy. Gaslighters are often habitual liars and tend to exhibit narcissistic tendencies, and it's pretty typical for them to lie overtly and never back down from that lie, or even change their stories when they're being called out for their deception. A gaslighter might say, calm down. Or a gaslighter might say, you're overreacting, or why are you so sensitive? Gaslighters are proficient at trivializing other people's emotions, and doing so allows them to gain and keep control. And when you deal with someone who never acknowledges your thoughts, feelings, or beliefs, it's easy to begin to question your own thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And what's more, this can be extremely isolating, shaming, and difficult to cope with, as you may never feel validated or understood by your gaslighting partner. A gaslighter is also good at shifting blame. This is a common tactic. And seemingly every conversation gets twisted into placing blame for something that happens squarely on your shoulders. And even when you try to connect with connect gaslighters behavior with how it makes you feel they're able to twist the discussion so that you end up feeling like you're the cause of their behavior i mean that's pretty twisted and they might even claim that you treated that if you treated them differently they wouldn't have not treated you that way in the first place gaslighters in romantic relationships uh, are really good at rewriting history. As, as they retell stories that are, that they're always in their favor. Your, your partner 
may have shoved you against a wall, but when they retell their version of the story, they might suggest that you were stumbling and they tried to steady you or catch you, which is what actually caused you to fall into the wall. And so they rewrite history, which encourages uh, confusion and second guessing on your part. And you may even be begin to doubt your own memory of things, which is exactly the intention of the gaslighter. And the last thing we'll cover with respect to romantic relationships, as if the first four things that we talked about weren't significant enough, is that it, this one takes the cake, really, it does. Using compassionate words as weapons. When a gaslighter is being called out for their manipulation, for uh, you know, their behavior, they tend to use loving words to try to smooth over the situation. They may say something like, you know how much I love you, I would never hurt you on purpose. And while these words might provide some semblance of comfort in the moment, because they're exactly what we want to hear in the moment, they're empty and inauthentic. And you eventually learn this when the same or similar behavior is repeated again and again. So ultimately, gaslight, gaslighters weaponize compassionate, kind, and loving words so you will let them off the hook and it's a, it serves as a way of them escaping responsibility or the consequences of their actions. So that's gaslighting in romantic relationships. And based on that description, you can really get a sense of how emotionally damaging this can be. Let's talk about gaslighting in friendships. Here's, a, here's an approach gaslighters use. They pit two friends against one another. Gaslighting friends often enjoy creating conflict or riling people up, and this takes the form of spreading rumors and or negative gossip. Gaslighters are often hopeful that their friends will confide in them and be grateful for their truth, despite the reality that the gaslighter instigated the conflict in the first place. Let me repeat that. I mean, th th this is crazy. Gaslighters often are hopeful that their friends will confide in them and be grateful for their, quote, truth, despite the fact that the gaslighter instigated all of it in the first place. Another form of gaslighting in friendships is showing inauthentic concern. Gaslighting friends play games and they insist that they care about their friend's well-being while simultaneously tearing their friend down, such as, I'm, I'm getting worried about how much you're forgetting lately. So the gaslighter couches that abuse in the veil of caring, and it actually creates damage within the relationship, and the, the friend on the receiving end may internalize this as the, their gaslighting friend caring for them, when in fact it's actually a form of abuse, however subtle. Another form of gaslighting in friendships is invalidating your emotions. A gaslighter says things like, uh, it's not that bad, other people have it way worse than you, other people have it way harder than you, and this is offensive in so many ways, however subtle or overt. I mean, 
Inevitably, statements like this leave people feeling hurt, ashamed, or both, above and beyond the fact that they feel completely invalidated. Let's talk next about gaslighting parents. Labeling it, the child's feelings as, quote, you're not that upset or you can't be that hungry. Over time, what this does is that the child begins to suppress their emotions because their emotions are being invalidated by the person that should be validating their emotion, emotions the most. Now, if you recall from previous episodes of the Quest for Life podcast, you know that we've talked about as children, they, we look to the adults in our lives to provide external validation. It, it teaches people truth. It teaches children what good looks like. And to have our feelings invalidated by parents by saying, well, oh, you're just not that upset or, well, you can't possibly be that hungry. It, the child internalizes that. It's like, oh my gosh. So what I'm feeling in the moment isn't being validated or recognized in the moment. So it must not be true. So the gaslighting parent actually dismisses the child's needs. And very often, the gaslighting parent you know, does it in a cruel or vindictive or even a, a snarky way. Now, we know as children, we ask our parents for things all the time. And we know as parents, for those of you who are parents, we know we get asked uh, for things all the time by our children. And so the gaslighting parent, whenever they receive those requests, might say something like, why do you keep asking me for this, these things? You're just, just spoiled. And these could be legitimate or valid requests being made by their children, and yet the child is, is, is being called spoiled for, you know, for, for things that a functional parent would just kind of automatically address and or provide. Another way parents gaslight children is denying the truth. Gaslighting parents will blatantly lie about things they said and then inform the child that the child is making them up. So when the topic comes back up and the child is recalling what actually was said in the moment, the truth of the moment, the gaslighting parents will, will call the child out as making it up and just overtly lie. And this calls in this calls what truth is into question for the child and they are now living in a world where they feel perpetually uncertain oh and for what it's worth it teaches the child how to lie so that's gaslighting parents now let's talk about gaslighting in the workplace now this takes the form of supervisors this also takes the form of coworkers so gaslighting in the workplace. The first is silent sabotage. A gaslighting coworker or boss may try to sabotage your reputation by jeopardizing your work in some way. For example, they may commit to emailing you a vital report that you need for a big presentation and then conveniently fail to send it. Or they might, you might be conveniently omitted from a dis email distribution list 
for a meeting that was scheduled that you needed to be there. You were a key contributor to that meeting and then you just never got the meeting invite so you were unaware of the meeting that happened and this gaslighting boss or coworker actually did that on purpose. Another uh, form of gaslighting in the workplace is extreme defensiveness. Gaslighters in the workplace and really in general but contextually within the workplace don't take personal responsibility or accountability when they make a mistake. Instead, they're notorious for behaving defensively. So for example, if you attempt to set a boundary for, uh, for a coworker that is behaving inappropriately, the gaslighter will typically respond in a dismissive or angry way. A third form of gaslighting in the workplace is hypocrisy. This is especially uh, the case when it comes to managers, supervisors, bosses. Gaslighting bosses may be overly strict on certain policies when it comes to their employees, but have no problem taking liberties or disregarding those rules when it comes to themselves. I mean, these folks may stress the importance of showing up for work on time, yet they have no problem showing up when it suits them. They may stress the importance of, uh, of needing to treat people with dignity and respect, and yet they have no qualms with tearing strips off of people or publicly embarrassing them when, you know, when, it, suits, when it suits them. And when confronted, these bosses often deny any wrongdoing and they attempt to somehow blame the accuser. I and mean, this seems to be a recurring theme when it comes to gaslighting, where the gaslighter actually puts it on their victim, the person that they're manipulating. It, they put it on the, the, the victim as uh, it being the fault of, of the victim. I mean, this is really strange. Um, and... So what's interesting is that, you know, within the workplace, especially with bosses, you know, we're, we're, we're taught, you know, the, the leadership maxim that it's important to lead by example when, interestingly enough, that the gaslighter is leading by example in exactly the opposite way that a leader should, uh, should lead. I mean, it leads to, uh, you know, considerable dysfunction in the workplace compromises the performance of not only individuals but teams, departments, and organizations as a whole. So to recap what we've talked about thus far, gaslighting can include a range of tactics that include lying, that include minimizing people's you know, feelings and emotions, denying things that happen, rewriting history, blaming, shaming, all sorts of things. And when you're dealing with someone engaging in this type of psychological uh, manipulation, we have to pay really close attention, not to what they say, but to what they do. Not to their words, but to their actions. If you, I mean, if you believe you're the victim of gaslighting, you probably want to seek some professional help, but minimally you want to confide in people that you trust, people that will give it to you straight, that one or two people, you know, people in your life that no matter what will give it to you straight. You're in a romantic relationship, you care deeply about your partner and your partner is gaslighting you and it's really hurting your em emotional state, it's, it's hurting your psychological state. You need to have someone in your life that will, will look at the situation and give it to you straight. 
tell you to that changes need to be made probably moving beyond the relationship and you're willing to hear that information in the moment because not only do you love them but you believe that they have your best interest in mind we need those people in our lives and i know i'm riffing a little bit on this particular point but we need people that will pull things out of our blind spots when we're un unable to see whatever that is in our blind spot. And so as we look at all of this in its totality, these aren't the only examples. Gaslighting can take so many different forms. And it's pretty clear that the psychological you know, manipulation, you know, distraction, minim minimization, uh, denial, blaming, lying, it, it's, it's really clear that these are the recurring themes that, that happen, and these are the things that we have to be on the lookout for. So the million-dollar question is, how do I know? How, how do I know if I'm being gaslighting? What, what can I do about it? So ask yourself some, some questions, and the, some of these are really, really difficult questions to address, especially if you have a love and affinity for the person that may be gaslighting you. So the first question is this, am I doubting my feelings and am I doubting reality? And if you're attempting to convince yourself that the treatment you're receiving isn't that bad or that you are in fact too sensitive, this is a warning sign. And this is something that you have to take a really critical look at. Another question, do I wonder if uh, I am what the gaslighter says I am? And if you feel like you're being made to feel wrong much of the time, or you are made to feel uh, unintelligent, inadequate, or even insane, that's a pretty clear sign of trouble. It's something you have to take a really hard look at. Another question is, do I second guess myself? Do I go away from, uh, from my gut instinct? Do I, do I ignore that intuitive sense of what I actually should be doing in the moment, which is probably running for the hills? Uh, so if you frequently wonder whether you're accurately remembering details from the past or you've even stopped sharing past information with your gaslighting partner, friend, coworker, or boss for fear that it's wrong, it's probably time to make an honest appraisal about who you're in a relationship with. Another question, am I av avoiding making decisions because I don't trust my own judgment? So if you're deferring decision-making to other people, particularly the gaslighter, uh, and you don't trust yourself, the gaslighter is winning. And if you recall in the introduction of this podcast, the gaslighter is engaging in intentional psychological manipulation to gain and maintain control in the relationship. And so if you are deferential to that person and allow them to make decisions about your life, you're actually letting the gaslighter control the relationship and thereby they're winning in that relationship. And the last question you can ask yourself is, do I often wonder what's wrong with me? Or am I, am I disappointed in who I've become? And if you feel weak, if you feel passive, if you feel that you're not well psychologically, and those feelings are intensified when you're around the gas lighter, 
Sirens and bells should be blaring in your mind. Run away, run away, and fast. This is all really simple to say out loud. None of this is easy to do when you're in the midst of it because it first requires there to be a recognition that you're being psychologically manipulated. And that, that, that's really difficult for a lot of people because generally speaking, most people are good. Generally speaking, the world is good. Yes, there's a ton of ugly, there's a ton of crap, there's a ton of violence and hate you know, spread throughout the world, but fundamentally, human beings, the vast majority of them are good and true and noble and really, really well intended. And so whenever we enter into a romantic relationship, when we have a friend, whenever we become parents, whenever we're coworkers, uh, employees, or even bosses ourselves, we really like to think that people just kind of automatically have our best interest in mind, which isn't necessarily the case. So to identify gaslighting really does require an honest look at the behavior of the other person. And Ralph Waldo Emerson was famously quoted as saying, your actions speak so loud, I can't hear what you say. Some people have, have twisted this original quote uh, into actions speak louder than words, and the spirit of it you know, is, is still captured. But what um, Emerson said was, your actions speak so loud, I can't hear what you say. And no truer words have been spoken. So whether you're in a relationship with a gaslighter or you're in a relationship with a normal functional person, focus on the actions. Pay attention to what people do. Emphasize actions over words and you'll be better for it. It's all food for thought, fellow questers. I really appreciate you listening. The show's growing. Please consider forwarding it on to your friends. Also consider writing a review, maybe even leaving a five-star rating. Certainly appreciate it. And you can contact the show at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest, the number four, life.com. Thank you for joining the conversation.